1: And we're live. Welcome, everybody, to the Anthony Irwin Show Live Edition. I'm Anthony Irwin. In a second here, I'm going to be joined, as per usual, by Aaron Larsoul. We're going to talk about the finals. We're going to talk about um, a kind of quick report that Eric Pincus threw into his latest article that I have a couple thoughts on that feel like kind of a step in, in the right direction if you're hoping to see Russell Westbrook traded. Um, but I want to start Aaron. Um, whenever, whenever you are on stage here, I want to, uh, start with one of my favorite stories in a little while. Um, Aaron, you you know about this whole fake clay thing, right?
2: I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, I, I'm trying, I bought some new AirPods. So do I have to go back to the wired ones or do these sound all right?
1: Uh, you're a little quieter. I don't know. we'll, we'll see. Hold on,
2: I'll switch. Give me, give me one second. Also.
1: All right. All right, so I'll go ahead and, and and fill people in on the backstory here to to flake uh, to fake clay flake clay, fake clay. Fake clay it is. And um, the story apparently is that this youtuber has been dressing up like uh, clay. He started as a meme and and has grown in popularity. Um, I even saw somebody put one of his videos of him playing basketball on on my feed, and uh, it made me chuckle or whatever. But the part of it that I'm really enjoying enjoying is that he apparently, you know, got dressed up like Clay, walked right through security, um, convinced everybody that he was this dude, and was <laughs> went so far as to take a couple shots on the court and and really sell the bit. And apparently was shooting there for ten minutes. And my question, Aaron, whenever, whenever you're ready to to hear me, do you do? You, yeah, you sound better now. But do you think, do you think that uh, security would have figured out that it wasn't Clay Thompson uh, faster if Clay wasn't as cold as he's been since he came back from injury?
2: <laughs> I don't know where
1: they. Yeah, he got shots
2: up for ten minutes apparently. So maybe. Uh depends, Ten depends how many he was making. Time. And what people don't realize, or maybe people <laughs> like, do realize, but not, not a lot of people probably realize, an NBA three is a hoist. I mean, it is far. So I would imagine uh he wasn't he was not doing particularly well. I think this is all and here's a little bit, actually neither has Clay. Clay is shooting 37% <laughs> from three in the finals. So easy now.
1: He's also he's 38% <laughs> from the field, so the twos ain't been going well. But um yeah. He, well, I wonder if there was like a Steph impersonator at like playing as Steph last night. I mean that, that's the explanation.
2: That, it certainly looked like it. Uh, <laughs> so a little actually a little backstory with this dude. He's he was around, he's been around for like the majority of this, you know, Warriors oh, run. Wow. Yeah. He was he was like behind the bench, I think it was in, in 15. Um, and uh, Steve Kerr was asked about it and said something to, like, I had to turn and look for a second and see if uh clay had eaten a bunch more cheeseburgers recently but i actually like the, this whole thing is, he is a big dude like yeah i don't know how tall he is i mean i, I would guess and he only kind of looks like clay i would guess he is yeah. like fairly tall or else he wouldn't yeah. be able to get away with it
1: but I, I would guess around like six two is my guess I, how tall
2: i like i think it's like more scary than it is funny like i don't
1: oh yeah i don't think
2: sure. it's cute really because like having fans or people that are not supposed to be like down on the floor like that has some very, or could potentially have some like real life consequences um, and lead to some scary stuff. So I don't, I don't get it. I mean, he said after he bought tickets, so he lost the 10 grand and he got banned and you know, was it worth it? He said, yeah, I guess maybe he's a YouTuber or something. Was Mm -hmm. it worth it? He said, yeah, but I think it's kind of corny and, it's just weird to me and dangerous i don't like
1: no I, I i mean like like yes i agree with you that you know trespassing is is not something to to you know take lightly especially for these teams and the warriors like the the guy is saying that he doesn't have any regrets over it and stuff we'll find out if you have regrets if if the warriors really press charges and really um, pursue legal ramifications for this guy as they probably should like i think the nba Really needs to send, probably needs to send a pretty brutal message here just to remind everybody. Because you had the people who were protesting, I think animals or something like that, animal cruelty, who were trying to, yeah, trying to glue themselves to the floor. And then now this, like, and then not to mention all of the complaints that players have had about safety and people saying things from uh, the audience or the crowd. Um, And all of that, like, I think I think one kind of major topic over the course of this offseason is going to be the NBA taking a look at their security protocols, Um, whether it's people yelling certain things down at the court or whether it's stuff like this, which I I contend is one of the funnier examples that we might come across, like the part that he was just shooting on the court for 10 minutes Um, and nobody noticed the difference between him and Clay Thompson, it is. I'm sorry. I'm always going to kind of chuckle at that, but like the, but like the the, but yeah, in terms of the way that people have been acting around the game and around sports, basically since we came back from COVID um, and and opened these arenas and stadiums back up to fans, like that is a concern, and I think it's something the NBA is probably going to take really seriously. I and they they should
2: and they should Uh, absolutely apparently he had already i think he posted on twitter he'd already uh been removed from the arena and uh had posted his his uh letter saying he was banned like yeah. 2 hours before the tip off so in all likelihood he was there very early and there weren't like other guys on the floor mm mm-hmm. But, like, do you think dad gave it away? <laughs> He's just by himself. <laughs> no, He's by himself. Clay's never
1: here early. What do we doing? Like A, a what, lot of
2: people probably doing? haven't been to – well, no, you can't. I mean, you can't yeah. be in an NBA arena that early if you're just a yeah. fan. So, generally, like, three three hours before the game, like, the guys aren't out there yet. It's There are people practicing the National Anthem. The cheerleaders are doing their thing. All, like, the game up stuff is happening. But – like if, and it's happened before. I I want to say it was like a, I don't remember. Oh, I think it was a Pelicans fan who was like sitting courtside. He had like full warmups on and came up and like shot during warmups. Right. Yeah. Shooting around. And like, so what happens if one of these, somebody impersonates somebody's down on the floor when they shouldn't be and like gets into it, threatens a player, goes after player, player yeah. knocks him out or something like what, then what? That's why it's like, I think it's, first of all I think it's corny but it's it's kind of scary too
1: yeah yeah I mean it look I think the the whole letting other people join the team and 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 feel like that part of the team should have ended as soon as Drake shot that air ball with Kentucky like that should have ended it. Oh, yeah, nobody yeah. should have won yeah, yeah yeah yeah. nobody
2: should have won by the to way that's this. a college three the NBA yeah. line is deep.
1: Like it is, it was funny to watch Drake come up like three feet short from college. Um, that would have made him like. I think we've seen who was it? Uh, DJ. Why am I blanking on his name? Khaled. When he goes out there and shoots too, like he he's constantly airballing. Here's my thing, like Drake, Khaled, whoever, like whatever rapper or artist or actor or whatever. If you're gonna like request to do those things maybe get a couple shots up beforehand. Like, let's try hitting the rim. Let's try that. Um, But yeah, I I, I guess we should probably actually get to the topic du jour that I really wanted to spend some time on here today. And it was, again, a report from Eric Pincus. um, At the very end of his latest article, Um, you know, in it, he kind of talked about the game of chicken that LeBron James and the Lakers seem to be playing with each other. Um, He was talking about how the Lakers continue to say publicly and privately that uh, they are ready to bring back Russell Westbrook for next season. And then at the very, very end of it, in his kind of news and notes from around the league, he threw in a sentence that, and I'm paraphrasing here, I should have had this in front of me, but he's basically saying that because the Charlotte Hornets hired uh, Kenny Atkinson, Now they're ready to bring back Gordon Hayward. And I I laughed out loud at it. I I just thought it was, I I saw the sentence, not laughing at Eric, obviously. I'm not saying that he's not hearing this. I'm laughing at the notion that by hiring Kenny Atkinson, now Michael Jordan is ready (laughs) to bring back uh, Gordon Hayward. And you know, given the timing of everything, and as the Lakers have been posturing basically since their season ended, that they'll do it. They'll just do it. They're crazy enough to do it and bring back Russell Westbrook. Um, this felt like the the Charlotte Hornets doing the same kind of thing here with Gordon Hayward. And Aaron, I know you can't speak specifically to uh, about players that are employed by other teams. But just like the timing of these things and, and as we, you know, finish up this last season and as we get ready to head into the offseason, um, the timing of these types of leaks, like... Did do you laugh at them in the way that I do? Because this one was like outrageously funny to me. This one, this one really got me.
2: Well, as I like, I talk about this all the time with you. Mm-hmm. Um, where where do we think this is coming from, and who does it benefit? Right, like yeah, I you're right. I can't speak about Kenny Atkinson any... is just really happy to coach Gordon Hayward. <laughs> I, and it goes it goes back to what I've been saying now, as it relates to Russ and the Lakers. And the lakers saying all of these things what is charlotte supposed to say what, yeah. what is charlotte supposed to say we're gonna have a fire sale any, <laughs> any any combo forward you know pennies
1: on the dollar give us your best offer right we yeah. will take we will take, and we know michael jordan does not like selling anything cheap like that is right we will go adamantly again we'll go, is against. We'll go to, sales is not part of jordan's lexicon uh, except except them, them wide leg jeans um uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not them being on sale it's that people stopped buying them like,
2: <laughs> the market stopped demanding I mean it. what is Charlotte supposed to say right like two second round picks or or, or best offer like no this is right this is negotiating 101 does it mean that they will not bring him back no it doesn't mean that but yeah. that's what they that's what you have to say it's negotiating 101 they are trying to strengthen their position as it relates to negotiations.
1: Would you have taken this then the same way that I did? That the, It felt to me like seeing this is the first time that I can recall this kind of information coming out there with Charlotte. Um, to this point, it's been mostly, hey, league circles are saying this, league circles, like even, even the initial ties between the Lakers and Charlotte have been mostly league circles think that Charlotte might be a landing spot for Russell Westbrook for reasons X, Y, and Z. And now, though, this is the first time that we're seeing a specific name being thrown out there. This felt to me like the first kind of step towards, oh, OK, it seems like these two teams might be talking now.
2: Uh, so I can't talk about no, that. You, I'm, I'm not, not expecting but, you to do that. But, yeah. but I. the timing of it is not coincidental. Yeah. Um, because nobody involved in any of this is dumb, right? So the timing is not coincidental. They are doing it for a reason. And the other thing I say all the time on, on this show and on our Friday show that um, deadlines create activity. So the mm-hmm. draft, the draft is coming up. That is one time on the NBA calendar where a lot of moves tend to happen. The other part of it is it is more effective, right? And the Lakers, the Lakers also did this with hiring Darvin ham. It is more effective when you can tie it to somebody or tie it to an event, right? If it, it, if, if Charlotte had said this, you know, two weeks ago, then you go, well, what? <laughs> We're like, where are you getting this? This sounds phony. But you can say, because of XYZ, in this case, it's hiring Kenny Atkinson, that this is a reason why we are can say this now, or we can do this now, or we think this could work. And that is, that is a way to credibly strengthen your negotiating position. Is it truthful? Maybe, maybe not. But it is, it is a credible way to try to strengthen your negotiation position.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think the other part of this too that I'm surprised we're still kind of waiting for is Russell Westbrook picking up his player option. Like I, In a second, we're going to talk about the, the, the game of chicken that I, I teased at the top of the show. But another little game of chicken here might be like the only leverage that Russ has to play with right now mm-hmm. to make sure that he doesn't go to a city that he doesn't want to go to is to continue to wait on his player option, that everybody knows he's going to pick up anyway. Yeah,
2: but that, well, that's what I was going to say, though. Is like, what is Russ's incentive? You said you were like surprised we haven't heard it. What is Russ's incentive to do so again? Deadlines create activity. What yeah. is his incentive to do so two weeks before that?
1: Well, I mean, just to get out of the way, you know, I don't know if he's a procrastinator. I'm not sure, but but I, I just think for for him, like once he picks up the option, to your point. All of his leverage goes out the door. He is now um, going whenever he gets traded. He has no real say in the city that he gets traded to. Whereas before he opts into his contract, he can basically continue to say, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push this. I'm gonna push this. I'm gonna push this," until I see that I'm going to a city that I'm okay with, and and then whenever I accept and and I give up that leverage and I arrive in which city it is. I at least played a role in, in getting myself to that situation. So if he prefer, I'm not saying he definitely does, but if he prefers Charlotte over Indiana, maybe he holds off until the the rumors or or what he's hearing that, you know, maybe the Lakers prefer the, the package that they could get from Indiana over the one that they could get from from Charlotte. Um, you know, maybe he's saying, I'd, I'd really rather go work for Michael in Charlotte and, uh, you know, not not have uh zero power over my situation i'm gonna hold off on this so that's a game of chicken that's going on here i think uh we should be getting some news of that in the next couple of weeks literally in the next couple of weeks uh because he has until june 31st i believe or june, june 30th 30? uh, june 29th is his, is his date okay so which, which
2: incidentally which incidentally is after the draft
1: Right. And and by the way, like once the draft happens, that makes it that much more difficult to make a a trade happen, although less so for the Lakers because they're moving future picks anyway. But um, just generally speaking across the league, once the draft happens, it becomes more difficult to move the players that were drafted than the draft picks that were used on those players. So um, for him, again, he has some leverage here. If the Lakers or whichever team he goes to says, hey, can you pick up your option? We're trying to get this done by draft night. He can say, no, I think I'm going to hold off until I'm not going to Indiana and I am I wound up instead in Charlotte. It's just going to be interesting to see what his preferences there might be, what the Lakers' preferences might be, Who, which team between Indiana, Charlotte, New York, Oklahoma City, whatever team it is that are doing business with the Lakers, who values the picks enough to try to get this thing moving along, but I thought it was really interesting, uh, given the timing as these finals wrap up, that we're getting the first mention of a specific player from Charlotte that the that the Hornets are 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 trying to make it seem like, yeah, we we want to bring this guy back. Especially, it tells me that okay, that is somebody whose name is probably active in not just the Lakers uh, trade negotiations, but with in, in negotiations across the league.
2: There's an, uh, all, all that you all of that is, is correct, or probably correct. The other part of it, though, is I am not suggesting that this is happening in this specific case because it would be against league tampering rules. But often, agents are having conversations with teams, even informally, all over the league. So it is possible that this is kind of more of an information-gathering time because as you guys mentioned on uh, on your show, uh, you and Harrison, although I don't know if he's going to be back, but um, you guys you guys were going through all the all of the possibilities, ranking all of the uh-huh. possibilities for us as it relates to the Lakers, and one of them is him opting out and you know maybe signing a new deal, possibly. Yeah. That is an option on the table. It's also an option that he could do that with another team if he opts out, right? He becomes a free agent. So it is possible that this is kind of an information-gathering time, informally, of course, uh, an information-gathering time for Russ slash his agent with the Lakers and possibly around the league to see what it would look like if he were to do that. So, and again, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, like there's no incentive for Russ to do anything until he has to. There's no like, there's no benefit to him to make this decision, this decision in public. Um, I'm, I'm sure he's made his decision, but to make this decision public before the deadline, there's just no incentive for him to do that.
1: Yeah. I. I it There isn't incentive until there is basically, you know, like w- once, once the situation arrives at a place that he's more comfortable with, he'll pick up his option. I don't see a situation here where he doesn't pick up his option. Like I don't, I don't see somebody who is at what seems to be the tail end of his career foregoing forty seven million dollars under any circumstance whatsoever. Um, but if for whatever reason that does happen, and say he decides to sign a shorter or a longer term deal with less per year um, than than the forty seven that he stands to make next year. Um, You know, that would be his prerogative. I don't know who would give him that deal, but you know what? You know, best of luck, Russ. The other one here that I find interesting, again, um, as uh, kind of summed up by Eric in in his latest for Bleacher Report, was this game of chicken that is going on between LeBron and the Lakers, where uh, LeBron, according to Pincus, is not willing to give the Lakers clarity on his future, Um, And the Lakers are reluctant to part with first rounders that go far into the future without knowing that LeBron is committed long term or longer term to the Lakers. Um, And and they're just kind of waiting for the other party to blink here or, you know, they're just waiting to see like you're talking about, Aaron, um, what kind of information comes back as they find out what the return on those first rounders would be and whether it makes sense um, to continue to offer those up and and see if they actually make a difference in the Lakers championship chances next year. But again, I'll, I'll just kind of ask you, as you read the the Pincus article, Aaron, did you take that the way that I am um as LeBron and 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 the Lakers seem to be playing a bit of a staring contest? I don't know.
2: I thought I, I actually I like Eric a lot, but I thought that one was framed kind of strangely. Okay. Um, in in posing it that like LeBron is not going to make this decision um you know before free agency or before uh the draft well like technically and look there are conversations being had all the time i will grant that but like technically he can't be offered an extension until august August 4th Mm -hmm. so i don't know i didn't i didn't love how that one was framed um and again, like I'm, I'm not suggesting that Eric doesn't have uh, sources because he does. He does have. So he does talk to people all around the league. He's well sourced. But like, where is that coming from? And uh, who who stands to gain from it? What I can promise you is the Lakers and LeBron and LeBron's people are in communication about all of this stuff all the time. So I like has has he made his decision? you know binding 100%. I don't know not that I'm aware of. But I think the like I think it is painted more negatively than it probably should be. I guess is is my point.
1: I mean even there though and and I'll I'll open this up and I'll I'll bring more people on stage over the course of this conversation as as we get uh, to it but like it it makes sense the way that it's framed, right? Like of course LeBron After the way that the second half of the season played out last year and and after the Lakers didn't want to move Russ and give the Lakers a better chance at competing for a championship, given how kind of wide open the playoffs clearly were, uh, I I could understand why LeBron was a little frustrated and saying, all right, well, this is what happens when I forego leverage. I'm not doing that again. uh, And that that was going to be my next point, is that this is
2: the first time in out of what, eight or 10 years mm-hmm. that LeBron hasn't had a an opt-out in his contract over and over and over to exert leverage on whichever team he was on to try to force win now moves and yeah. right does does LeBron care about 2027 and 2029 not? draft picks for the Lakers no he doesn't nor I'm shouldn't. having a hard
1: time caring right. about nor, 2027 nor should,
2: nor should he so I think I think that is the other part of it is this is I'm not going to say he did the Lakers a favor, but this is the first time that whatever organization LeBron has been on, whatever team he's been on the first time in quite some time where he didn't hold that hammer every single year of, you know, you better get me a 245 year old Shaq and Anton Jameson you know, all of that kind of, all of, uh, we need to do win now I need, I need Wiggins gone immediately to get Kevin Love. Like all of that is the first time in a long time that, that LeBron has not had that now, that is a tool he can use to exert some pressure.
1: And the other side of that coin is from the Lakers saying, wait, why would we go all in on winning a championship with you here? If we don't know that you're all in with us long-term beyond this, this, this stretch here, you know? (laughs) So, so, so like I understand why, you know, semantically we could say, yeah, that was painted kind of negatively, but it it also just kind of feels like, reality it just it just kind of feels like uh from both sides i can understand why the two would be kind of stuck in a room awkwardly looking at each other like all right so uh what next <laughs> you know i it's it's at that it's at that weird place where you know it it, it it's just it, both sides they have different kind of uh they have different investments in different aspects of this situation And for both sides, they need certain things, certain certain things kind of hammered out and details hammered out before they feel comfortable making the next move. But that next like those things can't be hammered out seemingly until that next move is made. So we're all just kind of stuck in this waiting period. How do you how do you see this playing out, Aaron? Like, do you think do you think it's do you think LeBron goes for the extension in August or do you think he continues to hold the Lakers feet here to the fire a little bit more?
2: No, I do I do think he extends in August. Uh, I suspect the Lakers will offer him uh the most they can in a max extension and I suspect he signs it. Um at least for at least for one more year.
1: Right. Cuz he has he has another he has another what? Year until no. Is it a year or two until Bronny is draft eligible? It's it's, it's two years, right?
2: Uh yes.
1: Yeah. So we, you know, the Lakers and Lakers fans, I would imagine, I can't imagine LeBron wants to change teams, you know, two times in the next three years again, So, because we do know that he said, you know, he wants to play wherever uh, Bronny gets drafted, and, and I know that, you know, between now and then, maybe he has a better chance winning a championship somewhere else, but that then involves kind of jumping around, maybe he goes back to Cleveland for two more years, or maybe whatever, but... It it gets really complicated really quickly uh, to to try to make that work and 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 have that all play out perfectly, especially when you don't know where where Bronny gets drafted. Is there a team that could draft Bronny that would that would make LeBron rethink his desire to play with Bronny? Like, would have, if the Sacramento Kings drafted <laughs> if the if the Sacramento Kings draft, drafted Bronny, would he be like, you know, I? In, in hindsight, uh, we're on the same court if we're just wearing different uniforms. Uh,
2: I, I, I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> I haven't talked to him specifically about this, but from all indications, uh, he seems pretty, uh, pretty. He has his heart set on, on playing with his son if he can. not So I doubt it.
0: Right, Although gonna... I don't
2: know, I don't know. The Kings, maybe, maybe you're onto something there. <laughs> like go to Orlando. Like, uh, you know, what's you know, what's actually kind of fascinating to me is like whatever we think of Bronny as a, as a prospect. And that that. I think last I saw he was 40th in his class or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're like seeing uh, tanking. We will see tanking next year for Victor Webinama from from France. Yeah. And you see tanking all the time for the, Do we think teams are going to tank for for Bronny? I don't I mean, think it's, it's out of the question.
1: It's a whole year of all of the revenue that LeBron generates for you, right? You get to sell jerseys with, with James on the back of it, right? And you'd get to sell to to
2: them. two of them, right?
1: Yeah, right. Uh, I, no, I mean, I, I, I think some, like if you're going to be bad anyway, right? Like you aren't going to, if you aren't, you know, in line to win a championship in the next couple of years anyway, why not just get some extra revenue and bring LeBron into your organization? Like why not?
2: So and it's, then a you, it's, it's a reasonable question.
1: And on top of that, too, like if you reach for brawny and you get to immerse yourself more in 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 kind of the clutch agency and family like of, of athletes, and you get to ingratiate yourself into that into that culture, like for some for some organizations, that's their first chance at exposure in, in that kind of way. Like for the, the the Sacramento Kings, the Orlando Magic's, like the. The Memphis Grizzlies of the world, like those teams are normally never going to have a chance at LeBron playing for you. But in this case, like, yeah, I, I could totally see Bronny going like five or ten spots too high just because it means that, yeah, you might have a chance at LeBron. Especially LeBron on the minimum. Like you was saying you might, it'd be the one time chance that he, or one time he takes a pay cut to go play with, with Bronny if your books are squared away.
2: Fair, to be fair he was he he was not the highest paid player on his team, I think, until sometime with the Lakers or maybe when he returned to Cleveland. yeah, at, at times he was. but he was not the highest paid player on his team for years and years and years and years. So he's taking he's taking cuts here and there,
1: oh, for sure, for sure. but I, I you know he he was saying that this would be the most pay cut he'd be willing to take to be able to play with with Bronny. You know, and, and and for some of these situations like it would take a pretty sizable cut so if you're if your books are kind of off and you still have a chance though at, at bringing in LeBron yeah I think for sure that that we see some tanking some positioning there hell I could see the Lakers trying to get back into it and see if they can bring if they can keep LeBron around Le- LeBron is
2: going to sit so the Lakers can be bad <laughs> enough to draft Ronnie
1: <laughs> look man it, if Russ is still in the organization it might not matter um, all right, <laughs> he might not have to sit, LeBron. Um, all right, let's go ahead and open this up, and I'm going to be, I'm going to, let's see. So I'll bring on, uh, all right, Lakers Guru we will we'll add uh, Laker. Uh, I... I Welcome, man! I can't believe this is the first time that we're talking. Um, do you which which would you rather hit on first, the LeBron Lakers staring contest, or Gordon Hayward as an option?
0: I, I actually, I, I, um, I would like to start with the LeBron, with the kind of the the standoff, the impasse. Um, for me, I find it hard to believe why so many many people can be up in arms about uh, LeBron James, who will be thirty nine at the time that this. Uh, supposed extension, you know, which you guys already touched on, he's eligible to sign August 4th. Um, So the headline that he won't commit before the draft of free agency is like, yeah, because he can't, you know, (laughs) legally (laughs) under the collective bargaining agreement. Right. So I I find it hard to believe. like, what do we expect from a 38, 39 year old? Um, You know, do we want a four year contract from that guy? Like at that point, I'm just, I just find it really odd Um, that there's so much focus on that per se. And then as far as the, you know, that kind of segues to the long-term money deal, as far as like a Rozier or a Gordon Hayward. And I'm thinking like, we have Anthony Davis on the books for 40 million um, past this season and nothing else. And I'm like, even if we take an additional 20 million on long-term, Like we still have a max salary slot. So maybe help somebody could help me understand why is there a focus to absolutely take 0% long-term money um, knowing that we have to spend a percentage of the cap, if that makes sense.
1: Uh, All right. So I'm trying to figure out what you're asking. So I I think when it comes to, you know, filling out the books and filling out the roster beyond the season, I, I think we, we have to stop looking at it from the perspective of a max slot. So, it depends if you have LeBron in your organization, if, if LeBron does kind of, even if he, like Aaron said earlier, he can't sign an extension until August, but he can make it known to the organization, yeah, I'm going to sign the extension in August. So the, those are those are different semantically and technically, but in, in essence, it, it becomes the same kind of thing. It, I am willing to commit so long as these boxes are checked. Um, so if LeBron is is on your books and AD is on your books, the Lakers just tried the third max guy thing. And, and I, I personally, and Aaron and I have talked about this a few times over the last few months. Um, I personally am not really a fan of going out and getting a third max guy. I would rather break that, that extra cap space into a few more useful players um, rather than, than, than hope for a third max guy really fitting into that slot and still optimizing that, that, that money there. So uh, I, I think you're asking about like whether or not it should matter to people if LeBron and AD are on your books um, about the Lakers taking on longer term money. It doesn't matter to me. So long as LeBron and AD are on on the books for for me, I just think you try to maximize that that chance that you have during this title window. And, and I think the way that you do that is to take on some longer term money that are that's probably going to hurt. Whenever it is that LeBron departs, did
0: I is is that what you were asking? Yeah, yeah, and I'm more so wondering from the perspective perspective of, of Lakers management and Palinka, like the 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 uh, hesitancy to take on that longer term money um, when we literally, you know, uh, let's assume we'll have LeBron and AD only on the books, um, you know, that's still, uh, you know, that still leaves a lot of money to be spent. Um on the rest of on filling out a roster that is under the cap. So I'm wondering like why not take on a little bit of long-term money money is my question from a Lakers management perspective. So yeah, I don't you, I don't think pretty there much is, touched on it. Yeah, I don't I don't think there
2: is a hesitancy. And look, all, all of the fake trades that you have seen involving Russ um include taking on longer-term money. The Russ goes to wherever. For sure, they want to they want to get off some money because Russ is only you know he's an expiring contract, and Team X is sending back a guy or multiple guys that have longer term money. I don't, I don't. The Lakers do not you, have any hesitation. You think they'll pull the
0: trigger to get off Russ? The Lakers do not have
2: I, the Lakers. I'm going to be clear here so I don't get myself in trouble. <laughs> the Lakers, the Lakers are not against taking on long term money.
0: Cool. It Last question, and I'm out. Um, do you guys think that a combination of Rozier and Hayward um, uh, bring the Lakers a higher ceiling than 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 Russ on the roster?
1: Yes, a zillion percent. Yes, <laughs> by 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 quite a bit. I uh, for a couple reasons, and the other thing too, I wanted to add before I get to the to your question here. Um, Aaron, the other part that I find interesting is that the Lakers have made it really publicly known that they're going to spend money to get another draft pick here in the second round that they're willing to, I think it's like $4.5 million that they that they can spend to buy a pick. Um, we know that they, they have Reeves, they have THT, both of those guys, uh, they have their bird rights and that gives you some financial flexibility even though it makes the roster potentially more expensive. Um, I think I think what we're kind of starting to see, and it kind of speaks to what you're talking about, with their you kind of re commitment to competitive spending. You know, it, it's going to be expensive from here on out uh, to win championships and win horse like said it in a really yeah that shit uh, was that shit was weird wasn't it it was uh, it I but like I think he he stressed the wrong parts of that equation that he was the the point that he was trying to make is fairly mundane it's just that he put stressors on parts of it that he didn't have to like yes
2: it felt like he like was personally offended that was the weird part
1: yeah i i i didn't i didn't understand like for me the way that i would have made the point is like yeah the, the the warriors could have Uh, cut financial ties and they could have made that roster cheaper and they didn't have to commit in the way that they did, but they did. And they are spending that amount of money. And now it's going to, they're, they're a game away from a championship. Like that's how I would have framed it instead of like, Oh, ha ha. They, they won this one because they have a more expensive roster. You have to, you have
2: to beat them on the court and beat their checkbook. That, that, That was weird.
1: Like if I was a Celtics fan, we know that the Celtics made a move in in the regular season to avoid the luxury tax, that would sting a little bit. Like if I was if I was a Celtics fan, oof, that would suck. But like if I was a Celtics fan and I know that they did make a financially driven move in a year where they had a chance at winning a championship, like that's the part. If you want to if you want to poke and prod an owner for making a bad decision, that's the one that you go at, not the team that spent enough to be competitive yeah that i don't yeah i don't are.
2: get it like i don't get what windhorse's point is like shouldn't we be celebrating yeah them going for it i don't i don't get it plus uh-huh. uh to be fair the brooklyn nets i think their payroll was four million less than the warriors and they got swept so it's i don't like, yeah i don't know the whole thing is weird to me i don't get it